The City of Angels is black and gold. You are listening to the Heart of LAFC podcast. And now, Joseph Zacker. Greetings, Los Angeles. Welcome to episode 181 of the Heart of LAFC podcast. That is right, 181. We're flying along here. Today's episode, we're going to title this one, an early test because no doubt we got tested this past weekend. Our entire squad got tested this past weekend because honestly, we didn't think this was going to be the lineup in the last possible second. So that's what we're going to call it. That's what we're going to run with. Uh, most of our decorated stars were on the mend. There were a growing list of players questionable. Boys face massive test as always. Whenever you play the Western Conference champion, it hurts to say, uh, Seattle Sounders. They, they, on the other hand, I think they had one out, right? Ladero. So it was, it was going to be a challenge at the beginning. But before we get into that craziness and all the madness of a really good game, welcome back, Christine. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you, Jessa? Good, good. Just getting ready for the first away day. I know a ton of people are going to go. Yeah. Uh, feeling honestly good, even though we got a draw, feeling good. So yeah, ready. Oh yeah. Go with this. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. I was, I, you know, like it's just, it's not a boring season. I can tell you that. Surprise no. after surprise. You know, in, in all honesty, I just pray for a day when Seattle has to face our entire a squad at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was just, just a thought, right? If there's one blessing we can get this year, can I just take those guys out with a full roster to show them what <laughs> LAFC is all about? I just, that's all I ask. It's not asking for too much, right? Yeah, but you know, everything is for a purpose, I guess. I guess if you believe in like that kind of stuff, um, there is a lot of positives that I took away from this match. So uh, I'm super happy about how things turned out. I am too, you know, and, and I'm really proud of the boys. And we'll break mm -hmm. it down right now, guys. But I'm really proud of the boys for what they did on the field, how they set themselves up. And how they took it to a team that in many cases and any other team in this league would have looked at what they were throwing at you and went, oh, let's just bunker this low block and survive. Our guys oh, yeah. are like, nah, we're not doing that. We're playing at home. We got the 32-52. We got mm -hmm. the many of us, not enough of us there. But it's our house and we're going to fight for it. And that's exactly what the guys did. So credit to them. So let's talk about it. Let's get into this madness. So. Going to the match, not sure who's going to play. It sounded like things were going to be good until about Thursday when there were murmurings and an interview with, with Bradley saying, hey, guess what? Rosie's not quite all the way there, and oh, yeah, Vela's out. Great. Brutal. Uh, so everybody was in kind of this thought like, oh, man, what's next? Well, guess what? Let's add it on. Blackman came up questionable. Moose came up questionable. Baird came up questionable. And you're just like, well, who's going to play in this game? <laughs> right? We're going like, in, Joe. We don't I, need I'm calling, strikers. I'm calling my cousins. <laughs> right? I mean, let's go, take, let's go to La Puente League. Let's pick up a couple players. We can <laughs> fill out the roster, you know? Maybe all of Vegas just signs for us for a day. I don't know. But who needs strikers anyways, right? So this is where we're at. We're going into this game. Everybody questionable. You have no idea what the lineup's going to look like. And then finally, an announcement of a lineup happens. And what do we see? A 4-4-2 get listed. Which I personally laughed when I saw the 4-4-2 because it reminded me of Brian Schmetzer, who was announcing a 4-4-2 as well, which we all know they don't play a 4-4-2. So I'm like, instantly, and I did think the questionable 
you know, these questionable was a lot of gamesmanship. I really do think a lot of it was that because of who we were playing and mm. the budding rivalry that we have. Right. So I was like, ah, are they really hurt? I know who might really be hurt because they're not in training, but if they were there, they're, they're probably fine. And it's just a play like they were playing off of Ladero being hurt and maybe playing, which there was no chance he was going to. Yeah. So, yeah, I figured, you know, it was going to be this game. So the 4-4-2 drops. Uh, it was funny because Al Hopkins comes over and goes, hey, man, this is what the lineup is. I think this is what they're going to go with. You don't think it's a 4-4-2? And I'm like, of course it's not a 4-4-2. And he goes, well, what do you think the lineup's going to be? And seeing how it was and seeing how it how it set up, I mean, let's say it. So this was our starting 11. So we had Cisniega in net. We had Farfan replacing Blackman good move uh the mid was blessing atuesta and k mm -hmm. apoku baird and sifuentes were the strikers with sifuentes posting up in the middle and honestly a little bit more withdrawn than what we normally see in our system okay yeah. that's what we came up with and i will say i was laughing because al's like well what do you think think you know latisse gonna play out on the wing and you know like we've seen him do before. And I said, no, if I had the lineup and it was me and quote him on quote me on this, I was cracking up afterward. I'm like, I'd probably put Sifuentes in the middle because he can hold the ball a little bit better and distribute. And I said it just on a lark and they're like, you're crazy, right? I mean, maybe you're crazy enough to get it right. And the lineup comes out and he's got there and I'm just kind of laughing like, dude, I just said it. You're like, really? He did it. And Bob did. Cool. That works for me. Uh, Matthew Vital was there as well, and we were getting a good laugh about the whole thing. No promise it would be a good lineup, but ultimately, it worked in the first half. So uh, for them, of course, Ladera was out. That was the only change. Otherwise, same old thing for Seattle from game one, game game now. So there it is. Uh, so that's the lineups. Interesting run, typical, but then they got to play the game. So there we are. Christine. Give us the breakdown of what went down in this match. Well, you know, we had a record in this match. So um, the fastest goal in LAFC history at 85 seconds by our favorite player, Eduardo Tuesta. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am really actually excited about this goal because it came from Mahala. Like he draws a foul. Um within the first two minutes of the game he does a really nice turn right outside the box it's like inches outside the penalty box and uh he gets that foul from uh ariaga who is a uh, you know spends the rest of the game sort of throwing his body here and there um trying to defend uh apoku and our other strikers and um yeah, I think you guys all saw sort of the catastrophe that happened for the Sounders where, you know, Stefan Fry decided not to put a player on the ground behind the wall. Um, Atuesta most likely sees that. And uh, yeah, he put he places a perfect ball just underneath uh, the, the wall's feet into the left-hand corner. And uh, yeah, we got the fastest goal of LAFC history, I think, uh, upsetting um, Djokovic, right? For yeah. the previously, yeah. Um, beautiful mm -hmm. goal. Cheeky. I mean, really, who thinks of doing this except maybe a Twesta? I mean, really, it was it was a smart move. He was really mm -hmm. close in, though, and right on the line almost. Um, yeah. You know, any closer, it's a penalty. I mean, that's pretty much how close it was. So to do that, to think that way, mm -hmm. guys like playing on another level already well, we know this already we've seen this every week and he just in that moment proved it once again 
So let me ask you, if you are Fry and if mm -hmm. you're that wall, what is your logic? Like, why are you telling them, why is the wall jumping first of all? And why is Fry saying no man behind the wall? Yeah, so <clears throat> a couple of things. I mean, this whole laying a guy behind the wall is kind of a new concept. Mm -hmm. It is. It's not, it's not, it's, it's a new thing because you've seen it in champions league and now everybody's going to play ball with this thing. Yeah. It's fine. It's an odd thing though to do because it does. Uh, there are some inherent risks related to that. Mm -hmm. There are, it's a very close range free kick. I don't understand why they jumped the way they did when it was so close range. Cause, cause I've got to be honest. If you try to go high on that play, it's going to go over the bar. It's just so close. It right. really is a hard, it's a hard dip to get right there. Absolutely. So to have them that aggressively jump was kind of, kind of goofball to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then Fry's positioning was not that great. It's, you know, you normally do stand right off of that last defender, right? But mm -hmm. he was even farther over. Like he was totally cheating for the far post, which I found really interesting is how far he was so there was no way he was ever going to be able to react to it because he was cheating a bit on 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 the play uh yeah it, it's crazy and everybody's oh he didn't put the guy didn't put, you know honestly is it that common to see people laying down maybe now maybe this year but yeah i yeah. think i think the, the position yeah i think his positioning the keeper's positioning was more questionable and then just the wall jumping you know if they hadn't jumped i mean i, I don't know if that's going to be a goal because it's too hard, you know, to make that, to hit it that hard and for it to dip at that close range, like you said. Um, but the funny thing that was, that was right after they got scored on, Fry was just like, I, I think he was like screaming at his players. And I'm like, mm. what are you, what are you yelling about? You know, I mean, maybe he was yelling at them about jumping, but. It could have been the early jump because, I mean, they, they sold yeah. it so early on the play. Yeah. Uh, and it could also be because of a, a terrible foul early in the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got played. Poco played that dude. So, again, not respecting your opponent. You see what happens. You dig it out of your net. So, mm -hmm. interesting celebration from Atuesta, and you know, good stuff there with the ball <laughs> and everything. Like, well done, sir. Well played. Uh, but that was, you know, it was a great start for the team. You couldn't get any better, especially with the lineup that we had. You had to get an advantage in this game, or it could run away from you. So, yeah, everything Absolutely. perfect. Only a minute in. Yeah. Right. So we had a few other really close calls. Um, There's several shots throughout the game, but I think the most notable ones were um, the Christian Roldan shot at the 25 minute mark when he hits the post. And, you know, like there's no way that uh, Pablo is getting that if it's just a little bit uh, more on frame. He actually just kind of turns and looks at it like, oh crap, like there it goes. Um, so unlucky for Roldan, um, at the 50 at 50 minutes, um, Mac actually gets a really nice shot um, when he's set up from Palacios. So Palacios sort of like squares the ball to him. Max takes a first time shot that but doesn't quite whip it uh, enough into the right corner. Um, at 54 minutes, that's when the Sounders equalize. And you guys, I mean, I replayed this clip over and over, and I just got to say, Rui Diaz is a beast. Like, he, the dude is not tall, and he went flying in over Farfan, you know, past Mario, just going in full speed, um, you know, gets up in the air, uh, 
from across from Alex Roldan and is able to um, direct the ball with his head to Pablo. Pablo, um, Pablo blocks it, but then Brad Smith is able to get that rebound and he finishes it off and uh, yeah, gets his first MLS career goal. Yeah, and and to be honest, there wasn't much Cisniega could do on the play. Bang bang play. Uh, yeah, I, I I give him credit for stopping the first one. That was hard yeah. enough. Um, what bothered me more was the uncontested cross. Mm-hmm. And, and it happens a lot with this lineup, uh, with these guys. We we have an issue with this that we're just not. We're having trouble closing down. You know, guys overlap and we don't close as well as we should. And this one, it bit us yet again. And yes, it's Rui Diaz, but the service was still good. You know, if he didn't get good service, he wouldn't do what he does. Yeah. But we all know Rui Diaz is kind of like kryptonite for us. It's it's just he plays his best games against LAFC. Probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's always good, but there's a whole nother level when he plays against us. He steps up. So this is true, but he didn't score. So no, which is a rarity. (laughs) I know that's sort of like a accomplishment in itself. Um, but yeah, you know, like Bob was talking about just how, how he wanted to, or how they should have adjusted. And, you know, the Sounders, they, they are really good at sort of identifying when to play really direct. And I don't think um, anybody expected that cross to come in so quickly or they weren't able to transition defensively fast enough. And it just happened so quickly and so fast. And even though, you know, it's 1v2 in the box, um, Rui Diaz is still able to get that to that ball. Yep. Um, yeah. So the couple more close calls, Apoku gets a, a, a pretty close shot that just goes over the goal. Rui Diaz gets another really clear cut opportunity um, from across from Roldan again, um, but he just misses that header. And uh, if that went in, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that that was pretty much a sitter and he should have finished that? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. It's a new day, you guys. He didn't finish like a freaking sitter. So, yeah, I mean, really, you should've, it should have been the dagger. It, it, yeah. it should have been. Um, they had their moment, but, you know, they had a post. They had a couple other moments where they could have got us, and, and there were plays where we could have made one little split-second change, and we would have hung them uh, out to dry, and it didn't happen. No, it didn't. It, you know, honestly, I believe they were fit to be tight. I think this was the best yeah. possible result um, going in and with these moments. Uh, I do believe also depth for us played a massive role. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have guys playing... You're expecting a lot out of them when they haven't really been starting at all. We've had a short preseason and now the kids have to play together, which we haven't really had any preseasons except, you know, in training where they can play yeah. together. And now you're expecting them to go against the Sounders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Sounders should be a little disappointed that they didn't capitalize on the situation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're at the bank. Um, yeah. The 3252 is back. Um, but come on, like we, like half of our starting lineup isn't there. So um, just in terms of the perceived quality objectively of who's on the field, like anybody would be like, oh yeah, the Sounders should be the favorites in this game. And so um, a tie is pretty, is pretty not bad for us. Yeah. It, to me, it's a, a moral victory, mm-hmm. you know, for the kids to, to get a chance to feature the kids. I mean, we saw, Janella come out there. We saw Jennings go out there. Duke went out there. Edwards once again saw minutes. That's two straight matches. 
Absolutely. This is good for us in the early stages that, that our young players are getting minutes and these yeah. are effective minutes. It's not a random open cup game against right. some team from Fresno. You know, no, this is the Sounders. And to hold your own against that lineup, to threaten that lineup, to get physical right. with that lineup and really get stuck in into the rivalry now, this is going to pay dividends when we get down to August, September, when, when injuries might mount or guys need rest. There's international mm -hmm. match days. Right now, this is this is killer for us. We got to draw. We got experience. Take that as a victory and go after Houston next. That's fine. I absolutely agree. And it's like we are setting up our kids to, you know, just grow up faster than the rest. You know, we're giving them more experience. And um, I would say like that for me, there's definitely some standouts for the for the kids as well. So I was going to ask you, who do you think like uh, stood out in your mind in terms of players that are not usually um, first team? I mean, Opoku always impresses me. Mm hmm. Every time he comes out, there's there's something to see there. Duke had a good rapport, I think, a good a good read mm -hmm. of the game. Yeah, um, coming in, Jennings, we got a little bit of a look see. I saw a little bit of decent runs from him. I mean, there's something that could be there. Yeah, uh, he just needs more minutes in gameplay as of late, mm -hmm. and I think with Vegas, he's going to do that. And the guy's a natural goal scorer. He is. He does. You know, they're not a poach. And mm -hmm. create. I mean, I've seen some crazy highlights from him. So with more time, this is good. Yeah. Um, nobody that I would say like, boy, that guy had a bad game. Like, I really don't. I didn't see that. I just saw people that were hemmed in by a by a higher skilled side and a more experienced mm -hmm. side. That's what I saw. From fifty minutes on, I felt we were a bit a bit hemmed in just because of the flow of the game. Not because we were doing something wrong. It's just that Seattle kind of found themselves at that moment. And yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I was equally excited to see everybody come in. Um, I was really excited to see Jennings play. I thought mm -hmm. in the very short period of time I got to see him play, I really witnessed this uh, energetic dynamic um, and pretty effective for the times that he was on the ball, um, getting up in the air, you know, just completing passes, doing those simple things. And yeah, he just seemed very, he seemed fit. You know what I mean? He seemed like, like energized. So um, I was really happy to see that. Same with Duke. And of course, uh, Apoko, you know, he feels more and more professional. You know, last game, I, I said that he, he really looked like a professional to me. And um, this game, it was the same thing. You know, I think he really held his own and like his stature feels mm. more like a professional player. Um and I was listening to Bob talk about him and Bob, Bob was actually kind of like chuckling. And I was like, first of all, wh wh why are you laughing, Bob? And this is, I don't like when you laugh, this is scary. Um, but he was just, you know, he, he had a smile on his face when he talked about Apoku and how he is teaching him how to just unlock, uh, unlock a, a next level of play, which is all about the details, you know, about how to not get pushed off the ball, how to not fall on the ground, um, how to just like find the spaces and, and anticipate, which is so important for an attacker. Exactly. And honestly, I look at the bear to Poku thing and I think we have a competition now. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think Baird mm -hmm. is higher in the pecking order, but a Poku could right. definitely chase him for minutes. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Which, again, competition is good, guys. This it's is a good. good problem. For yeah, sure. I love this problem. It's perfect. I can't wait to play whoever we're playing next. Houston, anybody right now. You yeah. got through the hardest team in the West. I'll be honest, you did. And you survived. So kudos to the club for doing that. Uh, what was your take on blessing for the day? You know, there was an article about blessing, um, an MLS article, and it was all about him and like by Matthew Page, I want to say. Is that his mm -hmm. name? Um, and it was all about just breaking down blessings, effectiveness, and um, his movement um, in the last game against the Sounders. And it was cool because it was totally a, an acknowledgement of how, one, everybody knows blessing works his butt off but also his um the way that he thinks in terms of like okay i'm gonna draw this defender in here and then i'm gonna sort of drift out into the space and when he's in those middle spaces and he sees that a his his defender has to make a decision in terms of you know staying with him or you know covering the backside um he's able to sort of like see what the defender's conundrum is at that moment and then adjust to that um, so at the, if you guys get a chance, definitely read that article because it, it gives props to, uh, blessing, which are, which is definitely doom. I mean, he is the ultimate utility man for us. He's shown that yet again. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Listed as a forward plays at midfield in the end of the day. He's in the, he's in I the know. back line. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Do what you can, man. That's what keeps you in the lineup. But if that works, dude, and the fact that you're willing to sacrifice what you do. Right. Yeah. Well done, sir. Well done. Mm -hmm. So uh, we saw that in terms of the stats that mattered. I'm not big on the stats for this game, again, because of the situation. But I will say this. We actually had more possession than they did on the day, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Close. It was almost evenly split. I think 51%. Pass success was better on our end. Mm -hmm. Shocking, right? Uh, they weren't useless. We had more shots on target than they did on the day. By yeah. one. But still, that means something. Uh, other things to me, I mean, really that was, that was where it was at is just basically we held our own against a side that was technically superior talent wise, definitely mm -hmm. pay rate wise. I challenge anybody to field a side without a DP in this league and do something. I really do. Yeah. I, that's actually pretty nuts when you think about it. Yeah. Could you see Seattle functioning without their DPs? No, absolutely not. I mean, they can barely, they're, they're not, I don't think they had a great game as is, you know? No. Um, so no, their passing was terrible on the day. It really mm -hmm. was. They they were really getting confused by what we were doing in the middle. And and uh, right. again, credit to Atuesta, credit to Kay, credit to Blessing. Yeah. yeah, they had to be disruptors on the day, and they were. So, yeah, good on them. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess the last thing that's sort of obvious, and it's not really negative, but it's more like you know we really did miss our our, our Vela and our Rossi and um, our Moose. And, you know, just it was it, it was interesting to see how hard everybody was working. And also, you know, just a reminder that finding finishers is it, it's finished. It, attackers are special. You know what I mean? There's an instinct to them that they've sort of honed over time. There's like an awareness that they have and you can't it's really hard to take a midfielder and just put them as an attacker and expect them to be able to do the same thing um, because it's 
there there's just so, so many minute things in terms of positioning and like knowing who's behind you and just like the small body movements and like the drifting here and drifting there so i think for those reasons we had a really really hard time like finding the the goal yeah and again i think it's chemistry it's who we had out there at that moment. They really haven't had minutes together. It's not like yeah. Rosie and Vela where they don't, they know where each other are at all times. They right. really do. And I think Baird knows where those two are because they've been training that way. Yeah. But for the others, it, it's, it's learning on the job. And yeah. so that's why by, by the 50th minute, I really did felt like we're not going to get, I didn't feel we were getting anything after that. I really didn't. Yeah. Like, we're just going to have to ride this one out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just just hold on to your butts, everybody. Yeah. We're just going to finish this through. They found themselves. we got to survive. So, <laughs> uh, anything else to add related to the match? I think, I think we got that one covered. <laughs> it was fun. I thought, I mean, it wasn't, I think quality-wise, it wasn't the greatest game for either side. But just to see the sheer amount of roster changes we had. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, it was so cool to see um, everybody get a chance to do their things, even if it was for 10 minutes, you know, like, just like they it's, it's special for a player to be able to, uh, to get that opportunity, because it, it can be pretty rare, you know, where you're sort of marinating on the bench, and you're just waiting for that chance. So I'm happy it came for them. Exactly. They got their moment, they thrive, and they now show us we have options. Yeah. Good stuff. So outside of the match, there was a lot of news surrounding it before and after. So mm -hmm. celebrating as well. Uh, mm -hmm. What happened on April 27th, Christine? It was LAFC Day. Boop, boop, boop. There it is. Officially. Um, and you were actually there at the original LAFC Day. So I feel like you should tell us. How was yeah. that? So the original one was pretty much the night before we had to actually do like our first ever TIFO setup as well. So it was a busy, busy week for, for the 3252 community. And mm -hmm. I took a half day at work specifically for this event to get the declaration. Um, nice. Yeah. And so several of us went down there. We got to go into the chamber and mm -hmm. officially be a part of the decree and get mm -hmm. the, uh, the amazing picture. And, mm -hmm. and do what we do best, sing a little bit inside of the chamber. And right, it was really weird. And then hang out at City Hall for a little bit uh, for photo ops and, and, and whatever else. And I did get a chance. So this is pretty cool. Of course, you all know they lit up all the buildings in gold. All the major landmarks were lit up in gold. Well, if you go to City Hall, it's kind of, I don't think it's a best kept secret. At least it shouldn't be. Yeah. But you can go up to like the observation deck at city hall for free you just show your id and go up like oh, it's cool. super simple and up there there's a gallery of past mayors uh there's a room up there that's like they host events inside the top where the giant columns are and it's gorgeous and then wow. you can walk on the outside and get some of the best views of los angeles for free <laughs> and so a lot of us were like we're here. Let's go check it out. Well, when you go up there, you actually see all the gold like wrapping over the lights in there. So you kind of got a, an insider of what was going to happen for the night. Um, but that's what we did. Uh, everybody went. You saw who was in the picture and mm -hmm. we got the declaration. And and afterward, out in the steps, I got a chance to, to hold it up for a picture and be like a little, little kid. Like, hey, hey, you know, I got the sign. But, you know, honestly, it was just it was great to see 
the city embraced this club from pretty much the beginning and and really we we are a part of the city we're a part of the fabric and it showed it from from match day one Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just one of those things that we should remind ourselves every time the day passes that mm -hmm, you're you're you were born here this is your origin story right so yeah good on the day for sure now they did celebrate bring it up to today Mm -hmm. a little bit of celebrating in the coolest lafc way what did they do christine Yes, so LAFC partnered with Kaiser Permanente and a few other organizations, including the Los Los Angeles Regional Food Bank and Sustainable Economic Enterprises of Los Angeles to provide um, some families who are food insecure with groceries, PPE, and some other like healthy living educational materials, which they handed out at the bank. Um, so that was one of, yeah, one of the many cool things that they did, um, on that day and leading up to, um, the weekend also. Yeah. Uh, once again, community is where we, where we do everything. That's, that's, that's home. And once mm-hmm. again, you invest in your home. That's the idea. It takes more than a billboard to say that you're from here. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. The buy-in has to be 100%. You invest here, you create jobs here. That's what makes you an LA team. So, yeah. That's so true. I was just thinking about how um, the club really, like they do care about the community and it's not just, you know, one-off random events here and there for a photo op. Um, they're really integrated. And I think this is a great way to um, give back to the community in a way that is, you know, uh, very much needed. Exactly. Exactly. They, they, they walk the walk as well as talk the talk. So mm-hmm. uh, well done on everybody. And for Kaiser stepping up, I know Target's done it too. Our sponsors have been pretty good about this. So yeah, good on everybody. Uh, also, we had the debut of a fully vaxxed section uh, in the North End. Nice. Uh, I was one of the guinea pigs, willing, the willing, the willing uh, participants. You know, Al Hopkins, I see you in there, man, uh, throwing up the comments. He was there as well. Uh, I was next to Matthew. It was a pretty good number, uh, I, at least over 80, I'd say, uh, that were in the section. I don't know the exact number. I've gone blank on it. But mm-hmm. uh, basically, yeah, it was, it was one section mixed with all the supporter groups, um, and it was a limited number because it was a test. Mm-hmm. It was, it was definitely an experiment to see how successful it could be. Mm-hmm. I would say in terms of getting through the match and having a vaxxed section, it was a success mm-hmm. in terms of North end culture. I think it was a bit of a jolt to everybody because the way we kind of have our neighborhoods, right. In the mm-hmm. North end. So mm-hmm. everybody kind of like, wait, I'm supposed to go there. Like and so it kind of threw it off so i kind of i felt like we were kind of like astronauts on the space station pretty much like okay well i see earth but we're 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 over here um but we got a mission to do so that's why we're here so it did i did get that that odd like homesick feeling from being in my kind of my office in the stadium right where i normally am Uh, but i knew that it was for the greater good because if we were successful we get a bigger, you know, bigger vaccinated section and it'll keep getting bigger and bigger until we all get back to normal, say June 15th, if it all works out. So uh, it's just one step closer, definitely one step closer. And so it was worth it on that end. 
-hmm. I really do hope that it's three sections by the time we go back again or more. So, yeah. You know, and you guys, once again, sounded amazing. And the commentator was like, you know, he said something to the effect of you, you wouldn't expect um, 4,000 people to be able to make this much noise. And I was like, no, it's actually less than 4,000 people. Less. It's just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's you guys. It's oh. less than 4,000. It's a very small group of, of 3252 mm -hmm. supporters. Again, we hope, pray, and wish we could be with everyone shoulder to shoulder as soon as possible. I'll say that every time it still feels completely incomplete um, until everybody gets back. But we all know why we were there. Why we were there. We're on a mission, and we have to sing for those who are not there uh, and, and live up to the name of the 3252 because we're not whole yet. We're just battling to be whole. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, it was good. Uh, it was an experience. I feel homesick, though, from the Black Army section, I will say. Um, yeah. That was super cool. Uh, Al Hopkins did mention, he asked, Jonathan Reimer, like, uh, <laughs> he got me suckered into going on to CNN for a bit um, for the match, um, which was a little a little weird, I, I won't say, but but cool because CNN was actually covering us in the Dodger game that day okay. just to celebrate the fact that both teams were doing this. And so, yeah, we got a little bit of a sound bite. It's kind of floating around. I haven't really promoted it, but it's out there. And uh, where can we see this clip, Joe? Uh, there's links, and, and I'm sure a few people have it, so they're going to make fun of me as as you know this thing. Yeah, uh, you out, guys are so. great. You guys are very. You guys, I were actually super pro. I was like, who is the CNN interview? I was like, is it him or you guys? But you guys are extremely articulate. I was very proud of you. It's Jonathan. He's a natural. <laughs> like he he makes it easy when you get to team up with him. So, <laughs> right? I mean, he just. Has Good a job, way. Jonathan. You rock, man. Thank you for, <laughs> for for letting me join into the into the conversation. And again, I'm I'm happy that CNN did that to at least promote the fact that we're trying to make strides in the right direction. Yeah. So good stuff. So that is what's going on there. Uh and speaking of vaccinations, uh, there was another event at the game or before the game, right, Christine? Yeah. So LAFC actually teamed up with LA Public Health and USC Pharmacy to provide um, a vaccination clinic before the game. And it was, I believe it was um, first come, first serve. So they did have a limited supply, um, but how cool is that? I mean, you could go before the game and get your first shot. So amazing. Yeah, and USA, USC Pharmacy doing it, right? Mm -hmm. That was behind it. Yeah, it looked really yeah. cool seeing everybody in the kits, like getting their shots, that, that could get their shots. Oh, okay. I, I do know there was a ton of people trying to get shots though. Like there was crazy traffic outside of the stadium and they were oh, having um, people, they were doing that where they're kind of parking in another spot. And so it kind of jammed things up early on, but mm. I'm happy it did because people are going out there and getting it. So yeah, another positive. And here's the deal guys. It's not the last time LAFC is going to be working uh, to get shots out our way. I wouldn't be surprised if they're at every home match until this thing gets figured out. And then there's also offsite that we're promoting. And, and uh, Christine, there is another one coming up pretty soon. And basically at the Saban community, like, actually it's at the Breezy Foundation um, mm -hmm. and working with Saban Community Clinic. They're providing a vaccine pop-up clinic, providing the first dose of the Moderna vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's going to be on Sunday from 8 to 4. So the 25th, actually that just happened, didn't it? I just noticed that. Yeah. So there it is. Yeah, I yeah. think I might be wrong, but I thought I saw that 
another one is coming up, but I think it's going to happen again. I think it's yeah. going to be kind of this every weekend thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, they did it from eight to four. So there's another one and there will be a lot more. I know that that rich and the club is putting in extra hours and recruiting to get as many people shots as possible. So, so keep your eyes peeled. It'll show up on social media. If you're in the supporter groups, you'll probably see updates within the supporter groups as well. Even maybe on the LAFC fan page on, on Facebook, the club is actually putting in an extra effort to, to try to get all of us pretty much covered. If you want it, you can. Now, Christine, you do have experience with Breezy, right? With the vaccine? I do. I got my um, vaccine there and it was really easy and um, they were super nice and it was extremely quick. Um, so uh, I'm really grateful that I, I'm pretty much, you know, I'm approaching my second week at the end of my second week. So yeah, I'm all I'm all vaxxed up and feeling good. Yes, maybe we'll get you into the 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 vax section uh, oh, as man. well. But it's um, like will, the Avengers. It's like you guys are like superheroes with well, special powers. <laughs> Fresco was talking about that. You know, he had a mask and everything, and he was telling me he's like, "I'm getting it finally. I'm getting it." And I think uh-huh. he he took advantage of of the breezy setup as well i believe mm-hmm. um and he was joking that i got it but now i'm feeling all bad maybe i'll wake up with superpowers and it's like oh it does feel <laughs> like not not you know a little captain america vibe there uh fresco so switching mm-hmm. characters on us at the last second uh but yeah he got it and again it, it at this point if you're not getting it, it it's gonna be by choice the supply is starting to pick up so please 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 for the sake of all of us go take care of business take your family mm-hmm. do it it's 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 worth it. It really is. Things are going to get better sooner if we all we all jump into this game. So there's that. Uh, there was also rumors, right, about Edward Atuesta, correct, Christine? I feel like everybody knows this rumor because everyone is so happy to hear this. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically on Thursday, Bob said in a presser that um, Atuesta is very close to um, – an agreement in terms of extending his contract. And um, I don't know how long that contract, that extension would be, but um, it sounds like it's, it's close. And Bob also said a bunch of nice things about Atuesta and he emphasized how much Atuesta loves this club and wants to play here. (laughs) So um, I don't know how to read between the lines there, but it sounds, sounds really positive. That sounds like Atuesta's finishing the year with us. That's what that sounds Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> one there's one we know it sounds good maybe we can talk Rosie into that too and we can lift the trophy at the end of all this so I know, right? hope pray that it happens mm-hmm. again guys even if they do sign a contract if the money's right the money's right and guys get sold but that just helps us with transfer fees on, on the back end so yeah. the football business right uh, yeah but I, I do i do believe if the guy is signing now it's not because we're gonna have him leave in three months it's yeah it's at least this season that's for sure. And we are blessed. I mean, the man does earn pay. Ra- he, he's earned his pay raise. So I'm 100% on board with giving the man what he's worth. Because mm-hmm. um, he's definitely underpaid in the moment. Good stuff. Good stuff to hear. Um, so that's what's going on for LAFC News in the moment. Uh, now, there is some MLS stuff that went on. Um, if you guys, I hope you're paying attention to the league. Because it's been a bit of a roller coaster early on. Your, your standard teams that you figure are going to be like the guys to just rock, walk with it and be just like it was last year. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Last year was an odd year. This one's more traditional. And teams across the board, 
not talking to you, Cincinnati, have <laughs> have legitimately improved. I mean, they're trying to improve. They've improved. And and honestly, when I'm watching all these games, I can't help but think like the difference between the top and the bottom is tightened this year. Like mm-hmm. extremely tight. Like I can't tell you who's gonna win each match like that tight this season, which is mm-hmm. it's cool because usually I I could totally predict these things. It's not a big deal. And this time I'm 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 at a loss in some of these results. So here's a few cool ones like that really stood out to me. Philly got shocked by by Miami and the Iguain brothers. Dude, stole the show, one setting the other one up. I mean, I'm, that's a rarity. So that was pretty cool to see. We had Nashville with porous defense. You know, they were the best in the league last year, and now they, they can't help but drop two goals early and chase the game, mm-hmm. which they chased and got back, but two matches in a row, and, like, they're starting to turn into old LAFC. Hmm, Zim, what's going on there? Uh, so that's interesting. Then you have Montreal. And to me, Montreal is the most entertaining side. So not because they're the best guys, not, not, not saying that, but the most entertaining side because you can't predict what they're going to do except that they're fast, they play hard, and they're really well organized. So, uh, yeah, they're providing early entertaining surprises, really taking people down. I, I got to say, to me, that one is bit, that team has been fun to watch so far. Uh, and then, yeah, since he is a joke, especially after getting destroyed on the postage stamp in the Bronx. Like, how do you get destroyed in a little tiny field like that? Like, you can't close ranks and, and kill off passing lanes. Truth be told, though, it wasn't the run of play that killed them. Everything was a dead ball. Everything was a dead ball. I've never seen marking like this on a dead <laughs> ball. But that's they're there at. Even, the, the, I think, the fifth goal was a short corner that turned into a long, crazy shot. So everything bad over there. I don't understand Cincinnati's defensive posture. It's not like they have a bad goalkeeper. That's not the case at all. They're just... Bad day, bad marking. Do better. Uh-huh. Do better. Childish stuff. Uh, Christine, what has been your vibe so far for MLS? Uh, well, Austin got their first win. Yes, they did. Yeah, I'm strangely like happy for them. Like, I feel like they're like our little brothers or something. You know, I'm like, good job, you guys. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it was a particularly hard match, but uh, it's still something. You know, to, to they beat Colorado three to one. Um, so I thought that was cool. And, uh, of course, we got our neighbors down south. So that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happened. Mm-hmm. It I mean, happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Things happen. <laughs> again, I can't wait for our guys to get healthy, and I can't wait to play them because if your measure is the Red Bulls, and that's going to uh-huh. tell you your measure of greatness, that's a team in transition right now. Both teams they played were, let's be honest, they're on the weaker side, the, the weaker half of the league. Yeah. Yes, it's tightening, but okay. That's cool. I think Seattle's their next test. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. they. I was just about to say that. I was like, I'm going to wait to see how they do against the Seattle, and I'm going to see if they get crushed or how much they get crushed, and then yeah. we can talk. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, I, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We got our own fish to fry, and and honestly, it's been pretty, again, entertaining so far. Um, I would say this. Yep. Expect the unexpected going forward. The CCL, which the matches were played tonight, is showing that teams are really going to have to move their rosters around a bit to stay healthy, and it's mm-hmm. the elite sides that are forced to do it, minus us. So we benefit from this. Because uh, yep. there's no way that Philly is going to be able to, to you know throw – 
throw Shabilko in there every match. It's not going to mm-hmm. happen. He's going to have to sit at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have to rely on some of their kids. And yeah. so they're going to have off days. They weren't counting on a loss. They pretty much put their top roster against Miami and it didn't, it didn't happen because they fell asleep. Let's be real. They should have won. They should have handled that game and they didn't. That was a lost game on their part, but yeah. others are going to run into this because they have competitive matches to play. Mm-hmm. I do believe that Toronto of the teams that are playing in the CCL Toronto is going to struggle the most from what I've seen. Mm. They look a little stressed already. I think part of playing out of town, every game is going to do that, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Expect crazy stuff, which brings us of course to the other unpredictable world of fantasy league. And <laughs> uh, we were in the second last week, this week we've dropped down to eighth and I'll say mm-hmm. why. I didn't cash in on Chitarito because I think it's sleeping with the enemy to pick anyone from the galaxy on my fantasy team. That's me. I'm not judging you, but in my, I can't sleep at night if I put on a, you know, galaxy player on my roster. Cause again, it's, it's supporting by proxy, I think. So that's me. So I, I got thrashed because of that. That's okay. We'll come back next week. Yeah. I'll pick all the Seattle guys. Cause again, they're playing them so that's fine uh so yeah we're in eighth it's been fun it's been really competitive um shout out to everyone playing it's it's like 80 players so it's it's a lot of fun to see mm-hmm. um i'm enjoying it and it's great to learn about all the new players in the league thanks to fantasy so you kind of have to invest a bit and watch these games which mm-hmm. who doesn't mind watching games right so all good things there yeah, all good. right so enough with the news enough with the league let's talk about what we all want to talk about this weekend, what's happening this weekend, Houston, we're going to Houston and potentially with thunderstorms. I'm having flashbacks. I think from season one, I think this happened to us where we got thunderstorms in Houston, mm-hmm. but here we go again, going to Houston, interesting weather, a lot of supporters going as well, including Caesar. And, Are you uh, going Joe? I am not going. No. Oh, okay. So, I made this crazy investment this year to use those two weeks off that we get from the season. I think Nations League is happening at that time mm-hmm. uh, to make a Route 66 run and go to SC Family in Omaha. So my money's gone to that. I'm going to do something crazy epic. There you go. Um, nice. Later in the year, though, when it when it counts a bit more, I'm really hoping to go to Austin and other games. But in the early stages, I'm not going to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. So those who are, though, I think it's, again, over 80 from what I heard are going to make the trek and find their way into that place. So kudos to all of you uh, for making it happen. It's it's pretty cool. But let's get into the football side. How's Houston doing, Christine? Um, They are doing not bad. So their last two games, they won one and they lost one. So they won um, 2-1 uh, against San Jose and they lost 2-1 to Portland. Um Honestly, I it's better than sort of what I expect. Um, but to be honest, I don't think um, they're going to be much of a challenge uh, this coming weekend. But that's my opinion from what I can see. Um, I think it's going to be probably a chippier game um, than like maybe our first two, um, especially against like Austin. It, that was like sort of like almost a like a very nice like game like that wasn't too physical but i feel like um houston they're a little bit more chaotic in a way um yeah so i i mean i know you're going to talk more about like their um, system and whatnot but just watching the highlights from their first two games um 
they seem like they they're um they like to play really fast and direct but not necessarily in the way that the sounders do it's a little bit more haphazard um yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. bomb it bomb it bomb it yeah yeah uh, very exactly. very interesting vibe that i get from those guys so mm-hmm. right now i guess they've got what one one and one loss mm-hmm. beating san jose which let's be honest you don't get a medal for that um mm-hmm. and then losing to portland on the road yeah. Both two to one score lines, both close. So if you look at the paper right there, you're like, eh, okay, whatever. They've had it, you know, up and down, whatevs. Mm-hmm. But the stories are very different for each match. They really are. And it's because they're trying to find themselves. They there's they know I think they know their best eleven. They just don't know how to utilize them yet. Yeah. Tab's been experimenting a bit. So yeah, Tab Ramos runs the team. Um, what we know for sure um because it was kind of a given is marco Matic is definitely going to be in goal he's fine he's a good keeper uh the back line is zarek valentin uh, on the right tim parker who they just picked up this year which is a good move for them he's very solid uh boniet garcia and then adam lundqvist that's their back line that's been the same for two games um they played a 4-3-3 uh, mm-hmm. against San Jose. And mm-hmm. I think pretty much the whole purpose of playing the 4-3-3 was to counter the press. The mm-hmm. over, over-reliant Almeida madness that he does where he just bombs in everybody. And what's the best way to do that? Counter him on the wings. And mm-hmm. so Houston's game plan was definitely that. So it was an absorb and react uh, for that game. And they played a 4-3-3 to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had, uh, Matias Vera, Memo Rodriguez, which Memo Rodriguez is a very good player. You'll see. He's, he's pretty darn good. Oh yeah. Uh, and then Joe Corona out on the left side in a 4-3-3, which I'm like, he's not getting any younger. So that's a bit of a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. gr- great player, but it's asking a lot. Um, yeah. and then their top line was Fafa Pico, uh, Max Oruti and Tyler Pasher. Tyler Pasher is a USL player that brought in, but the other two, I will say, I'm a huge fan of Fafa Pico, probably because he played for St. Pauli back in the day, mm-hmm. but also because he's really quick. He's really good at reading the game. He's great at getting behind people and bringing in hard crosses. He, Dude, he's good. He's a very good, talented player. And then Max Oruti, if any of you guys have any memory of, of that fella, um, he's burned us. He's burned us in the past. He does step up against us. So to me, if this, if it's this 4-3-3, it could be a bit of a trap for us. Honestly, it could be. Um, so that's that's how they lined up against San Jose. It worked. They found their way through. They totally ceded possession. I think they had 40% possession and only okay. 72% passing. So it's kind of the hit and hope and cross and maybe something will play out. Yeah. It did. They got their victory. Sloppy, messy, they got the job done. Yeah. Nothing to write home about and nothing to remember any further. Mm-hmm. Um, they outshot San Jose 17 to eight with six on target again, counter to death. And so that's how that one went. Portland was a different thing. They're going on the road. They're like, okay, maybe we need to play a little bit more defensive. And in this case, they played a four, two, three, one, right. A little different. Um, Vera and uh, Corona, they shifted the role to holding mids, which to me feels like that would be the better choice you would think. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Pico and, and Pasher maintain the roles as outside mids, but a little bit farther back. Honestly, yeah. I think Pico plays better there. I do. I would prefer him there myself if I'm playing him. So that's what they did. And then Memo, of course, played played playmaker. That's what he does. 
And then um, Uruti maintained his role up top, but in more of an isolated role. He's done this before. It's not a shock for him. He's good at this, so that's fine. So looking at the lineup, I thought, well, honestly, this makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. But it got a little weird. Now, they outpossessed Portland, uh, 53 to 47, but they got pummeled on shots. It was a little bizarre. They really had trouble closing down anything that Portland was mm-hmm. throwing their way. And so, the, you know, Portland had 23 shots in the game. Yeah. Allowed 10. Um, 15 of those shots were inside the box. If Portland could finish, they would have murdered these guys. <laughs> Realistically, it wasn't a matter of block shots. It was missed opportunities in many cases where they mm-hmm. just didn't get it off. Um, passing was a little better at 78%, but what's the point of the passing game if you're just basically getting allowing open shots in your own box? Like, wow, man, yeah. that's not good. Um, what can I say so far? Uh They've got goals from Aruti and Vera right now, and then an own goal they benefited from. So there's that. Uh, Corona and Patcher each have an assist, so nothing's really standing out so far. What does stand out is cards. They have five cards already, five five yellow mm-hmm. cards in two matches. So it mm-hmm. tells me what I'm going to expect from this. Right. They're going for angles. It's going to be a, a, a bit of a harsh mash for us in their house. It's going to be physical. Be ready for that. Yeah. Um, there are calls for Boniet Garcia to get replaced in the lineup. I guess he was having a lot of trouble in transition and figuring out when to hold a player versus try to intercept. And he mm. was leaving his guys hanging because he would overcommit in this last game, which mm. opened them up for the counter, for give and goes. He was getting caught out in the wrong space, thinking he could intercept when he should have contained. Mm. That's a decision you make. So, yeah, SB Nation, it came up like maybe maybe Figueroa or, or, or Funmayor would come in. I always mess up his last name um, to see if that changes. We'll see what happens when we play them. But there was definitely complaints about about his play. That is just the decision making wasn't quite there. So that's kind of what I saw. We'll see. Kyle Adams might get in there. But again, he doesn't get a lot of minutes. And I think most of last year he was playing for their second side. So. Nah, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Um, Christine, what is your take from the lineup? Who do you think is going to really highlight or be a threat to us? Um, you know, when I was watching the highlights from the Portland game, I I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was uh, what you talked about in terms of their total inability to defend in the box. And maybe that's because of the Chara brothers just taking over. But mm-hmm. um, um, I think that if we are able to um, play more instinctively and uh, kind of play a little bit uh, quicker in terms of like what uh, the attacking third um, and already know what we're going to do and have more dynamic movement. I think that we can really, really take advantage of the disorganization um, in their box. Um, yeah. yeah, like just like absolutely i was like you know if we had villa and rossi this game like like it, it game over you know but we don't so i don't know how it's going to go with the next lineup but i feel like if you know even starting from our midfield if we're able to think of like all right if if we can sort of um eliminate those extra touches sort of the unnecessary um periods of time where we're still thinking of like what to do if we're able to um play a little bit more like a a faster passing game i think that 
um, will just absolutely destroy them. Yeah, and I do think the back line will probably be restored. I'm not sure Black Mix. I guess he was on a on the protocol, right? We weren't. That's what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. So, risk of virus protocol. Okay, we don't know anything with details on that. So, he probably gonna be back. And if he's not, yeah. Farfan is fine back there. I'm yeah. okay with it. And Moon is close, so he could get his mm-hmm. debut in this match. Don't yeah. be surprised by that. Yeah. Midfield, we're solid. Um, I don't yeah. think anybody's missing from that. So that's good. It, it's the top line. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm going to make a funny prediction, mm-hmm. I, again, guys, I'm pulling this out of nowhere. Um, it does maybe Vela's out, but Rossi definitely, he was in training. He's got to be back. I think that's a safe bet. Mm-hmm. They, Rossi's back. Barrett is clearly back unless something crazy mm-hmm. happens in training. It's not going to happen, guys. No, we're good. Um, yeah. I, I do think those two are out there. And then it yeah. becomes, well, who's your target, man? Is it going to be Sifuentes? Yeah. It would actually be pretty cool because he could pepper to those two and it would be a good dynamic play. If Moose yeah. is healthy, could it be Moose? Mm-hmm. I'd be, I'm happy with Moose. Yeah. And that's cool. Um, well, probably not Jennings. Um, and then Opoku, honestly, he's been great. So mm-hmm. throw Opoku into the mix. It'll be a good run. Those three can... Yeah interchange and it's going to be an entertaining lineup and that speed will destroy Houston. So I'm, I'm personally not crazy about Sifu going back in that position. Um, No, no. Yeah. I I just felt like he, he just wasn't prepared for that, you know? And like, you saw that prime opportunity where he, he just wasn't ready for the ball, you know, and he he gives it away essentially when he could have had a clear one-on-one. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely having Baird. Uh, I wasn't aware that Rusty might be back next game, but that'll be totally that. That will be a game changer for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, he was in training all week, so he was just listed as questionable, and they just didn't take chances. Right, right. That's great news then um, for us. And yeah, I mean, Opoku, or I guess how is Moose doing? I don't know. I was surprised he was even listed. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that one was when we're like, wait, what? And mm-hmm. so he, yeah, he's out, and maybe he's back again. These were listed as questionable, and I, when I say it's questionable, that means next week probably they're back. So yeah, I honestly think everybody but Vela, mm-hmm. I, I'm confident it's coming back. Right? It's yeah. the Vela question that's hovering over our heads right now. Right, right. And you know, it, honestly, like um, Memo Rodriguez is really good, but I feel like. If we can shut down Rui Diaz, we can shut him down, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, a could bottle this guy up all day if he really needs Absolutely. to. I'm more, I'm more worried about um, the Palacios-Picot uh, matchup. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we've had, you know, again, give Picot an open open pass. He's going he's gonna to find Oruti. He's going to find him. So, yeah. to me, that's their greatest threat. And Oruti does step up against us. Go back. He scored on us before. He mm-hmm. can. He has. So to me, it's the yeah. interplay there. If we can get our backs to, to cover these crosses, we're fine. If we're giving up easy stuff on the outside, it, it, that's where they're going to get us because that's really, they're not going to come down the middle against this lineup. It's got to have to be from the outside and a little bit of hit and hope at times. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that, that's going to be the game. Who wins? Who wins the battle? Left back versus right wing. You know, yeah, I, you know, I'm 
it's hard because Palacios is he he's charged with like working that whole line, you know, he is supposed to play so offensively. Um, so he is going to have to be careful in this next game that he doesn't get caught essentially. Yeah. And you know, yeah. we know he can, that's the thing. And mm-hmm. CCL, he showed that he can, and he did yeah. most of the last year. It's just, I think he's kind of in this weird phase. And uh, again, mm-hmm. this comes back. He'll get it. That's a confidence issue. He'll get it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This would be a good, good time to do it. That's for sure. So, um, you know, we don't predict scores, but I do predict run of play and I do feel really good about this match. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add about Houston besides again, safe travels to everyone going out there. Uh, I love thunderstorms. So I'm kind of jealous for whoever is going, but, uh, have you, have you been in a thunderstorm in the South? I have, I've actually been in a thunderstorm in Houston. It was a long time ago. But I thought it was so cool. It's like hot and also water is coming down on you. It's a trip. And yeah. yeah and there's like lightning sometimes. And there's like an element of fear. Um, I, I loved it. I saw a tree <laughs> split once. <laughs> then down. down right. and I, they're legit. I mean, it's, they're tropical storms there. It's, it's Houston. So mm-hmm. yeah, we've had rain delays before. We remember that lovely bit of history shout out to the empire boys i was at a watch party for that for that situation Mm -hmm. but uh yeah we've let's let's hope it's a quick pass and the guys get to play no big things so again good luck to the guys hopefully we'll know when they all get on the plane later this week who's gonna make it but uh safe travels to everyone let's go get those three points now i'm gonna test something out a little bit different this time um, our good friend, the LAFC punky, you know, we all miss him. We've missed him for the last few episodes. He's now, because he does work crazy hours, he's going to be a part of a new segment that we're going to do. I know segments. Yeah. We're going to try <laughs> this bad boy out. So, but we're going to do now every week until we can get him back a little bit farther in. Um, we're going to do the vinyl club minute with LAFC punk, where he's going to give us his record of the day. And, We'll talk a little bit to the man, and then he's on his way again. So that's kind of how we're going to run this. Every week we're going to have this this segment um, until things get a little bit more back to normal for him. So without further ado, let's welcome the punk. Hey, brother. How you doing hey. today? Not too bad. Uh, got home just got home from work, and uh, I'm all ready. Uh, I missed all you guys. I uh, missed the listeners. Um, it was cool getting um, messages from some of our listeners kind of Saying, hey, we missed the, the the record of the week, even like getting some tweets. So thank you to you guys. Our listeners are the best. I know uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of our counterpart LAFC podcasts says they're the most LAFC podcast. We have the best listeners. I will say that. Our listeners are the best. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for reaching out. Even uh, Jose, when uh, I went to a opening game, a watch party, Empire Boys, he was like – worried about my health that hadn't been on for a couple of weeks. He, he's like, Hey, are you doing okay? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm just working a lot. So, uh, thank you, Jose. That means a lot, man. And, uh, that, yeah, thank you so much. So, uh, that means a lot, but yes, I do have album of the week. I'm kind of rearranged my boom, boom, boom. move a bit. Okay. There we go. Right behind me right there. Uh, it's one of my favorite albums. I listened to it on the way home tonight because I picked this one. It's a band called The Business. It's a, a oi punk band from England. Great band. I mean, hard oi punk music. This album's called Hardcore Hooligan. Um, it's got uh, one of my favorite songs, uh, Guinness Boys. 
If you ever been to an Empire Boys watch party, our chant, uh, Empire Boys, we are here, whoa, whoa. And, uh, so uh, we get that from that song. There's one song I know Joseph and Jonathan from uh, Shoulder to Shoulder and Philly probably won't like. It's called uh, England 5, Germany 1. So it's probably not your favorite song on the album, but there's some cool <sighs> songs on there. Uh, you can tell they're not fans of Maradona if you listen to the album. Uh, I hate you, Michael uh, Owen. I'm just going to say that right what? now. What? Dude, 5-1 in Munich. That's what they're talking about. I mean, if you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a lot of songs about football. And this song, this album right here is specifically pretty much more of a, a football album. Uh, it's, you know, hardcore hooligans. So a lot of soccer songs on there, a lot of football songs on there. That Most of the album is football. So if you like Oi Punk, and if you want to listen to something on football, check this album out. It's I uh, I was so happy when I found it on vinyl at my dude. good friends at Doctor oh, Strange yeah. Records. I was like, oh, dude, I got to get this. So it's a great album. Uh, if you like that hard punk oi, I, I mean, I really like that that English oi sound that like just kind of hardcore hooligan. That's what it is. So yes, uh, Ox, you're right. Uh, that song is on Euro Trip movie when they meet the uh, Manchester United hooligans. Uh, this song comes up. It was I remember the first time I watched it. I was like, dude, that's the business and. I mean, the business is one of those punk bands that's not like a, like a, a Green Day or a Blink-182 that everybody knows. Like The business is like, when you wear a business shirt, they're hard to find. But uh, if you wear have a business button, and people say, when, and they're a fellow business fan, you know they're like hardcore punk rockers. So, dude. Ox, he's got the same album. Hey, you know. Dude, uh, it's, it's, again, if you're into football and you're into the culture, that's kind of a standard album, right? You have to have it. Yeah, in fact, this 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 album kind of really inspired my uh, LAC punk. When I first started doing the LAC punk, way back in the first season, I actually thought about doing an LAC hooligan. But then I was like, the hooligan. I mean, people might take that the wrong way. And then it was right after uh, our last playoff game of this, uh, when we lost, and some fans started throwing stuff on the field, and people were like, "Oh, look, LAC fans, bunch of hooligans." And I was like, and I remember I, I changed my handle to. LFC Punk, and I've been that since. So it's been you know since the first season. But hey, great album. I've been li- I've been listening to you guys. Uh, I'm like, oh man, I have a. We missed you, bro. Lot to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. But eventually, I, I I said my my schedule right now is kind of crazy. But uh, during the summer, I'm definitely gonna try to get some mid shifts. So if you guys ever worked in the grocery business, you know what that means. I close every night. So uh, when you work two jobs, it's just kind of it's a long day. I mean. Uh, I have a long day. I'll, I'll, just put it, I'll just put it that. But I really want to thank all of you. A few of you kind of reached out to me. And uh, thank you guys so much. That that meant a lot to see that and waking up and see like tweets like, hey, where's the LAC's uh, punk album of the month? So, and the Black and Gold uh, Vinyl Club, this is for you guys as well. So definitely. exactly. You, you guys are awesome. I've been uh, messaging with you guys a lot. So we look forward to seeing you in person and hanging out, having a beer at the tailgate just talking music at tailgate you know if you're into a tailgate like almost every supporter group tent's got like different music going on dude i would love to have like a tent of just like football punk music i greatest playlist ever i'm guaranteeing it yes i have a if you guys uh, find me on on spotify i have a spotify uh, football oi punk uh, playlist um it's yeah check it out i got some cool music on there a lot of uh 
I mean, especially I mean, England. England's got some really cool punk Dude. bands yeah. that they love football. I mean, it's they have albums just like hey, this song right here, or this album right here. So this is why I picked this album. I think I used this song this past Saturday for a, if you guys ever follow me, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I always have a song that goes with yep. uh, every game. Uh, even every episode as well. Um, if you've noticed what I normally do, I try to have the song affiliated with the city they're playing in. Um, there it if is. You've ever noticed that? I don't mm-hmm. always do it, but ninety percent of the time I do. Uh, I try to kind of, especially if it's on the road. If it's at home, I don't usually do it. But on the road, if it's in New York, I'll pick like a sick of it all. Um, if it's like Seattle, I've done like some you know, Soundgarden. You know, they're not punk, but they are, but they're not. But uh, I'll usually pick a, a a local band to kind of honor that city. And so look LA for everybody. Little, and when He's we play Carson, this. it's always an LA song. So, well, South maybe a South Bay song, but you know, yeah, I mean, there are some good there. South Bay uh, yeah. punk bands. I mean, we got uh, Descendants is from the South Bay. Uh, yeah, but they probably claim the us, man. So you know, that's the thing. They, uh, yeah. all those bands are probably going to claim us instead. So, hey, my tattoo. My LAC tattoo is Milo, and so we see. I made Milo LAC fan, so my tattoo is officially made a Milo an LAC supporter. So exactly. So punk, thank you for jumping on today uh, to get our, yeah, thank our, you our album enough. of the day. Um, we're gonna keep it going because honestly, I love the LAC uh, Vinyl Club, and the more we can promote you guys, the more we want to, and we love punk's music. So the culture is the culture. This is the community. And so look forward to Punk jumping on late in the show um, each week with his album. And so we can carry that one and run with it. Love it. You dig it too, right, Punk? Oh, I love it. Yeah, this is, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Because uh, I know Joseph and I, we've been texting, trying to figure out how to get me what on. With my what work are we going to do? Yeah. And like, okay, but this is cool. Like I said, once, I mean, if I have a night off, I can go on, but uh, it's tough. I mean, I know Joseph, he said he worked at Stater Brothers. I know years the, back, I know the so, life. Uh, yes. So, uh, I know a, f- a few of you have messaged me. I know somebody who listens, listens, works at the Sprouts in Claremont. So, uh, but uh, you guys know what it's like, man. It's, it's a interesting life. It's man. real. That's for <laughs> sure. All right, brother, we're going to let you go. Can't wait to hear what the next one's going to be. Uh, right, you have a good. great night. Thank you, man. All right, thank you. Talk to you soon, brother. All right. There he is. So that is our new segment. Uh, I think we're going to do some culture segments too. Uh, maybe with the away days and get get Caesar to jump on for away days and and mm-hmm. some others because um, we have the ability and why not right mm-hmm. so definitely gonna do that now that of course brings us to the time of times we've heard from the punk now we get to hear from all you guys I know that moment so again we're gonna go back in time and hooligan ox just keeping it relevant says need to start posting my vinyl of the month or week as well bring it sir we welcome that we want to see that um i know we had conversation i'm gonna jump all the way up we're gonna go way 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 oh can i also Mm -hmm. point out a comment um somebody in the comments um uh corrected i me um for the mls um journalist who i cited earlier Mm-hmm. I think I don't know who, what last name I said, but his name is Matthew Doyle. So whoever that was, thank you. Oh, extra time. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a long 24 hours. I haven't had much sleep, so it's sleep deprivation, you guys. Okay. It's there sleep it deprivation. <laughs> so are you ready for this? Let's go with these comments. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Christine, you're going to read them out, right? 
I can. We can take turns. All right, um, you got the first one. All right, Go Hector Gonzalez says, "LA County should be in the yellow tier by the next home match." So more supporter, some more supporters at the band. At the bank, yes, there will definitely more be more supporters at the bank. A yellow tier changes everything, so maybe our next yes. match we're going to have a decent, decent crowd. Yes. We shall see. Uh, Al Hopkins agrees, says it's looking that way. Mm -hmm. um, yes, Al and I had our moment it was super cool so uh it says hopefully we make more vaccinated sections actually got to talk football in per person with joseph this weekend he did and he also got buttons for my kids so you are a saint sir thank you for doing that my wife said hey this guy came by he wasn't wearing sleeves i'm like ow <laughs> um and yeah the that was cool, man. Thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, we talked football. We talked about the lineups. That's where the crazy stuff went. This conversation kind of went. And so, yeah, he, dude, he made up a lineup and was showing it in the stand. It was fun to do. Um, yes, I was on CNN. Go check it out. It's kind of floating around. Um, <laughs> if they harass me enough, I might actually provide a link or check in with Jonathan Reimer, who does have the link. What? Yes. Um, Moving forward, we've got, oh, yeah, the Portland versus America match. I believe that ended in a draw, so everyone's still in the running for that one. I think it was a couple goals, so mm -hmm. away goals will play, that's for sure. Uh, again, Al says he was rooting for Portland. Yeah, it's MLS is MLS. Uh, yes, Hawks, we agree. We're hoping for Moon's debut. Me too, but I, again, I'd rather have a 100% healthy Moon than a not-so-healthy Moon and take a risk on him. So. But I I do have to comment on that because from what Bob said about um, Kim Moon-Wan, it sounds like it's, it's partially the injury, but it's partially he doesn't know if he's up for the job as a starter or you know it's more like he's not sure if he wants to to give him minutes if that makes sense mm -hmm. so he did say like yeah it's a different problem than the injury problem so i thought that was interesting i'm hoping for the best but i i have a feeling that it might be like an adjustment issue like he still needs to adjust to the style of play I mean, there's communication. There's a million things. It's his yeah. first. It's his first uh, foreign club. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it might take some time, you guys. I'm just. I want us to have like realistic expectations, but yeah, it might take. It might take a minute. Right, and then here's another one yeah. from Hooligan. Want to read that one, Christine? <laughs> <laughs> I have to read this one. Okay, right, Corey Barrett, if you're listening to this. Um, I'm just reading a comment. Okay. Right. <laughs> Hooligan Ox said Baird was having a tough game. Um, yeah. I digress. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think he had a tough game. I think he, he was limited to where his options were. Yeah. And the thing with Baird's game is he's designed to play with Vela and Rossi right now who get him space because people have to close on them. In this case, Baird became the focus. He was the man that was getting double marked because he was the one with the experience out there. So all of a sudden his focus is different because he doesn't have as much room to operate and he has to rely on the kids to take over for him, including one that's a midfielder that's converted. So I, my thought was he was having a tough game because dude, he was getting yeah. completely ripped apart up there. So yeah. I, I, he did make some good runs, but yeah, that's tough stuff. Um, 
no chemistry to work with. Yeah. No training to work with right out. I mean, that, that, that's mm. no time together for that. And Hector agrees. He says, I think the lineup threw Baird off. I agree. Um, mm -hmm. Just because of who was out there. Uh, so we'll move back down. Uh, Hector does believe that Christian Torres should have been in the lineup. Oh Maybe. man. Yes. It's so hard to say because we don't see them in training, but I always love to see Christian play. I love, so, I love what he yeah. puts together and, you know, shout out to Christian yeah. and his family. Um, they're, they're listeners and supporters of the show. So beyond praying for you guys, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Christian, I mean, the game against Portland was that moment, right? Where, you know, he arrived. And so we do want right. to see him more. I agree. I agree. Uh, Al Hopkins wonders if he's going to play the lights. I think that's kind of a formality at this stage. Uh, let's see. We have Ox again. Torres had game time with the squad already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good to be out there, but we do have other soldiers as well. So that's fine. Yeah. Uh, let's move a little bit farther down. Yes, $5 beers from Al Hopkins. That is true. The North End still getting the five buck beers. Boom, boom, boom. There it is. Uh, yes, we miss Papa Ox. I agree, Hooligan Ox. We miss Papa Ox. We do. Um, if I made CNN International, okay, that's cool. Again, it was a weird moment. Uh, let's see. Moving forward. Dead silence, right? Yeah, forum pod. All right, keeping moving forward. Boom. Of course, we do need a twist of the signing is imminent. They mm -hmm. say so it's good news there. Hal said the rumor was 2023. You know, there's one thing, because um, Marvin has a comment about B-Rod and reminded me of something I read today, but I didn't like, get a chance to confirm it, but... I guess the the team manager was recently sacked, so they're getting a new one. Um, yeah, so I don't know what that means for him, but um, it might not mean something good. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> Everyone's in the doghouse when a new hand, new man yeah. comes in. You have to earn your way back into the mm -hmm. into good graces. So good luck with that. Uh, let's see. Ooh, Hooligan Ox is asking everybody to go to SKC this year. I've done it. It's nice. Casey's oh. a cool town to visit. Okay. Uh, axe throwing and bowling if, is your thing. You're in the right town. So I'm just saying. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Oh, yes. We forgot about Christian Ramirez. He does come in as a sub for Houston. Sorry, Christian. Um, yeah. Not the story, let's be honest, but he is a sub. Let's see. Anything else to throw out there? Sifu the Rocket Man. That is true. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, Hector thought maybe he missed a COVID test. Mm -hmm. I think honestly it was both Al Hopkins was saying, Oh, it's more about the injury. Yeah. I think it's more about both guys. I, I it's do. more about both. <laughs> it's more, I think, it's I think equally there's, both. <laughs> yeah, I think there's truth in both sides of that. So again, yeah. we're just praying Vela is going to be okay. And when he's ready, he's ready. We've got enough depth now to show that we can be competitive with or without Vela, but we're world beaters when we get him. So mm -hmm. yes. Uh, anything else we can add here? I'm just running through. Um, yeah, they've gotten to some, Yeah. 
Uh, Marvin says that he broke protocol for Vela. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe Blackman did too. I don't know. Um, if that is the case, that's the case. Let's just hope lesson learned and we get back to it. So yeah. that's our comments. Anything else to add before we throw in there? I don't see any more, but thank you everyone for their comments. Keep throwing them out there. Throw some hard questions our way. Uh, yeah. Definitely play stump, stump Joe and Christine the next chance you get. I have fun with that. I love the challenge. Just like Al jumping into the North end going, Hey, here's the lineup. What do you think? <laughs> I enjoy that guys. It's totally cool. Say hi. It's all cool. <laughs> um, yeah. I definitely like to, to get the wheels turning. So, so does Christine, right, Christine? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't love tests, but, um, I, I do like reading the comments. So yeah. So there give it us, is. Give us your hardest questions. You guys. Right. Let's talk about <laughs> systems. Stop me about other teams. It's totally cool. I'm good with it. So yeah, Al did mention that, that Bob said in post-game interviews that, that he missed the test. Yeah. It's a weird way to miss out. Almost as bad as getting called to work as a poll worker. Right, Marcelo? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I was, I mean, the first thing I thought as well is Real Madrid going to break away and create their own country. So I can have their own <laughs> But, you know, Madrid. Hey, so this is cool. And I'll, I'll throw it out there because definitely some photo ops are going to be had. Hey, Joe, I got the day approved. You know what Ox is talking about? I'm going to be visiting Ox in Wichita during the two-week break. Yeah, nice. we're getting together, guys. He's yeah. So I might be podcasting from the Midwest because we have a couple other listeners out that way, and maybe in Omaha, I'll go to an Omaha match, and so maybe we will get a Midwest edition of the Heart of LAFC podcast. Look for it. I think I'm going to do it just because. Uh, so yes, Hooligan Ox, I can't wait to meet you out there and see the fam again. All good things. So there we go. Uh, so that is our comments. I guess that puts us in that moment again, Christine, the final comment of the day. I know. So I'm going to throw it to you first this time. Yeah. Um, I just am really grateful that um, we can do this podcast again. Um, I feel like super hopeful because I got vaccinated and um, I'm actually going to go see my family for the first time in over a year. So I'm like so, so grateful for that. I'm, I'm beyond uh, thankful that, you know, they're healthy and they're safe. And I just want to remind everybody that like, if like the effects of COVID and quarantine, plus everything that's been happening in our country, like they continue. So um, if anybody is feeling sort of off or like having, you know, any negative, whatever experiences, like just know that it's totally normal. Um, and like every time that I am having a negative experience, I just try to bring myself to, you know, the gratitude that I have. And I'm so connected to football that I'm always like, you know, if I have a bad game or if we have a bad game, I was like, you know, I'm just so grateful that we're able to enjoy this game, that we have the opportunity to be part of this club. So, um, yeah, thank you guys again for tuning in and listening and, uh, I am excited to crush Houston this weekend. Destroy. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Thank you, Christine, for saying that. Yeah, definitely, guys, reach out. Uh, we're here. Uh, we're all here. You have a lot of support within the LAFC community. Uh, don't ever feel that you're alone in this. Uh, we're all part of the same team, both mm -hmm. on and off of the field. You'll be amazed at how tight the community is. Punk can tell you that. Trust me, there are some good people in this fam. And, uh, 
definitely we're here to listen. That's for sure. So I'll throw my final comment. I think my final comment will again be thank you to all of you. You're the reason why I keep doing this. You're the reason why we're in this. It's beyond awesome to get to be able to, to, to chew your ears off and have fun and get crazy and do all this cool stuff and get to talk to football again. In the early days, it was an escape for me as president that I could get back to talking football and not the business, right? But now it's it's more of, man, it's become this thing where we get to just get into the game, really get invested into the game more than just a supporter culture, but that too, and get to know all you guys outside of just in the North End or at a tailgate. So thank you guys for making it what it is. You're the reason why we're here. Um, also, again, congratulations to LAFC on LAFC Day and being a part of that. Uh, we really are a part of this city, and I'm beyond proud to be a member of it all. Um, on that note, again, look out for each other. Call things out when you need to call them out. Support your community as best you can. On that note, of course, everybody, stay golden. for listening to the heart of lafc make sure to leave us a rating and review on itunes or stitcher shoulder to shoulder the black and gold is taking over <laughs>